0: Hey everyone, it's me, Dan, otherwise known as Ashira Shashifraz. And I'm here to announce the launch of a new campaign on the Little Realms feed. This is a Jurassic campaign, DM'd by our very own Jarelle Goldenheel, also known as Nikki. And it's joined by another Nikki, Nikki who stars Talis on the amazing, amazing podcast Top of the Round, which you should all listen to. A link will be in the show notes. Now, Little Realms is not ending, this is just a new campaign that we're having a lot of fun playing, and we're going to sprinkle it into our feed. Without further ado, enjoy.
1: According to legend, magic and magical creatures used to be common. But the civilizations of that time are long gone, and the only evidence that remains of magic and the fantastical creatures of those days are some bone relics and stone ruins. Today, across the seven princedoms of the Heptade, a world approaching the beginning of an industrial revolution, belief in magic has been broadly replaced by faith in science and invention. Some swear by it, Others call it heresy, but many believe it to be an entertaining myth of a bygone age. The Eastern Palm Islands Company, or EPIC, is a trading business nearly as old as the Heptade. Currently headed by wealthy gnome eccentric Wally the VII. EPIC built its wealth on goods like spices and dyes, lumber and textiles, tea and coffee. A few years ago, they made a huge splash in the markets of the Heptade when they started selling magical trinkets. Some see it as proof that magic is real, since Epic has such a strong reputation as a legitimate brand. And others see it as an overinflated company pulling one over on people with snake oil and gunpowder tricks. So heroes, let's meet you. Quinn Anya, you are in jail! You have been red flagged as extremely dangerous, so you are in an isolation cell. Uh, It is dark and damp and kind of chilly, and just big enough for you to sit with your legs a little bit bent up. You're not sure how long it's been, uh, except that based on the number of meals you remember them bringing you, it's been at least several days, and it feels like a million years.
2: How's Quinn doing? Quinn's just kinda sitting there, contemplating (laughs) their existence and trying to put various factors in a logical timeline in their mind, and also trying to figure out what exactly the charges are against them. Like, they know what at least one, but the amount of time it's taking, they are assuming that there's something else in the works, and they don't like that, but they can't do anything about it. So they're just sitting there, getting grimier and grimier by the day. Other than grimy, what does Quinn look like? Quinn is a tiefling. They have red-violet skin and light gray hair that is currently super unkempt and falls past their shoulders. They also have, like, a double horn business going on where there's, like, two little horns that come out and curve back from the forehead. And then they have another set of horns that curve around behind their ears to their shoulders, and right now they're dressed in the exact same undershirt and britches and boots they were arrested in. And so, boy howdy does the cell smell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you're chilling in your cell, it's been a while since you've been fed, and so you're kind of expecting it and you hear boots coming down the hallway. The door to your cell opens, blinds you for a second because there's like a tiny little window up high in the door, but it's pretty dark in there, a lot darker than it is in the hallway. Mm -hmm. You feel two guards grab you roughly by your upper arms.
0: on your feet!
1: And you realize they don't have any food with them. They do have a bag, which they put over your head
2: and start dragging you out of the cell. Good. Uh, <laughs> when the door is opened, Quinn automatically tries to put a hand up to their eyes to shade them, but then the hand is yanked back and the bag is put over the head and Quinn willingly goes with them.
1: They rough you up a little less when they kind of get the sense that you're going willingly, but they do cuff your hands behind your back. You're not sure where they're taking you. You feel them kind of leading you down a hallway, up some stairs, you're kind of walking around, and then you kind of feel in the air that you're outside. You can kind of hear the wind and, you know, voices and footsteps in the distance and kind of wheels clattering and that sort of thing. And they kind of push and shove and lift you into what feels like a carriage.
0: Pick up your feet. Mm. Move! Mm.
2: You're not gagged. (laughs) You can talk if you'd like to. Those are just the sounds they're making. Oh, (laughs)
3: <laughs> Candace
0: self-gagged her character
2: <laughs> You have no room to laugh about that
1: uh... <laughs> Did you want to talk or, or do anything during the carriage ride? It lasts about 15 minutes uh, If no one speaks to Quinn, Quinn does not say anything No, they're kind of talking amongst themselves But it's just kind of like idle chatter, gossip kinds of stuff Okay. Alright, the carriage stops with a bit of a jerk. And kind of same thing, they grab you by the arms, drag you out of the carriage. You're walking through across cobblestones or something like that, up some steps through a door, around and around, up even more steps. And then
4: a door opens. Oh, what's now? What? what what's all this? This seems really unnecessary. This the, the sh- They're a guest, come, come now. And the bag is taken off your head. The
1: cuffs are undone. And when you open your eyes, you're in this kind of small parlor. There's an open window across from you and you can kind of see the afternoon sun. Um, In the middle of the room is a table laid out with a very extravagant dinner, bottle of wine, fine cheeses and meats and breads and fruits and things. And right in front of you is Wally Wolanek, who you recognize as the head of Epic. He's kind of batting at the guards and, and trying to chivying them to uncopy you and, and all that.
2: When the bag is taken off of Quinn's head, They squint against the afternoon sun, and as they're unhandcuffed, they look down at their wrists in a little bit of confusion, rub them, and then look over at Wally, even more confused.
1: Wally, he's a gnome, so he's very short, kind of comfortably padded, I would say, in like a fine waistcoat. He's on the older side, bright, bright white hair and bright blue eyes that are almost unnaturally blue. And he's waving the guards around, kind of bossing them around a little bit. Oh, get now get get them a basin of water. They're looking terrible here. What is this mess? And he's kind of chivying you over to one of the chairs at this table.
4: Please, please, Lieutenant. Or, well, it's not Lieutenant anymore, is it? Uh, Mix Anya. Please,
2: have a seat. They walk over and sit down and loop their tail through the back of the chair and looks to Mr. Wolanek One of the guards brings you a basin of water and kind of a cloth to clean up if you want to. Quinn takes the cloth from the basin and wipes down their face, wipes off their hands, and then wipes their hair back through the horns and arranges it through the horns so that it's slicked back and out of their way once more.
1: As you're kind of getting yourself situated and cleaned up, Wally is pouring a kind of a generous glass of wine for both you and himself. And is starting to load down a plate and as soon as you're done with the basin he has the guards take it and sort of
4: shoes them off like oh also, you now I, I can handle one scrawny tea thing on my own
2: Quinn is like six and a half feet tall <laughs> yeah he's like he's like three feet tall
1: <laughs> um, but, but they leave and uh, you don't hear them walking away but they kind of head out the door and shut it behind them and you are left with the head of this extremely powerful company sitting at an extremely extravagant dinner setting. And he's just kind of grinning, like, pleased at you with his sort of
2: pearly little teeth. Oh, please, please, uh, take anything you'd like. You look like you need a bite. Um, uh, thank you, Mr. Uh, I I apologize if my silence has seemed rude in any sort of way. I...
4: Oh, this must all seem very jarring to you, I'm sure. I'm I'm sorry that those boys may have gotten a little rough, but under the circumstances, I suppose you can't really blame them, but I'm sure
2: we can work it all out. Quinn shrugs. They're doing their job. Are you serving yourself at all? Quinn takes a polite sip of the wine and then starts eating the vegetables and potatoes and green things off of the plate at a polite rate of eating, even though the smell of food has made them very, very hungry. (laughs) And their stomach growls really loudly. Well, I hate to disturb
4: your dinner, although I suppose I've already created a bit of a disturbance in your day. Um, Sorry about that, but I hope that it'll end up being quite a pleasant event for you. You've stirred up quite the ruckus, you know. That is
2: what you could
4: call what I did. Oh, yes. Well, the Heptate is calling it desertion, insubordination, aiding and abetting criminals, two charges of assaulting fellow officers, and civilian endangerment. Although they're having a bit of a fight, uh, the princedom you were in wants you for mortal heresy. It's causing quite a stir.
2: Only two charges of assaulting fellow officers? There were at least five. Okay, five, then. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn's, like, looking off into the middle distance, <laughs> considering. Well, that is quite the list. Yes, although I'm quite interested to hear your side of it. My side? What would you like to know? Well, it just seemed a little odd, don't you think? All that going on,
4: and yet... No one really seemed all that hurt when it was all come round and done with it. If anything, it sounded like a man came out of it
2: a little less hurt than he went in. Quinn eats a few bites of food from their plate and takes another drink of wine and then says, Who came out of it unhurt? I don't know what became of the couple I was trying to help.
4: Ah, well, I'm afraid they came about to no good end, ultimately. But they did survive the day. That gladdens me. So is that it, then, Mixania? You have nothing to say in defense of yourself after all of that?
2: It is my word against theirs. Whatever happened in the eyes of the Heptate is what they are going to say. I know in my heart, that I am in the right, And that's the way of it. Quinn shrugs again.
4: I understand, Mixon. You don't want to get yourself into further trouble, or perhaps create trouble for other people who are involved. But let me reassure you that I am not here to serve as a judge or jury, or or anything related to the Heptate, really. I've sort of uh, borrowed you from them, so to speak, um, as you may have
2: noticed. I had. <laughs> Quit says straight faced.
4: <laughs> it seems very much to me that uh, whatever the heptade was after, you are
2: very much in the business of helping people. That is why I took my job in the first place so long ago. Hmm. He kind of
1: laughs at that, and not in, in kind of in like a skeptical sort of way, and takes a drink of his wine. Well,
4: I don't know how well suited the order of the gauntlet is to that, my dear. I I do now. I did not back then. Well, perhaps I can offer you an alternative.
2: Quinn nods.
4: You see, a few people of mine are, I fear, perhaps in quite grave danger at the moment. Um, One of our facilities has been compromised, we're not really fully sure of the situation at this point, but um, I think that uh, both they and the facility itself may be in something of a poor state. I'm looking to find some helpful people like yourself to uh, discreetly go check it out and extract any survivors that you can. Time is
2: rather of the essence. Quinn furrows their brow and nods. I accept.
4: Oh, you are a poor haggler, my dear. We will have to work on that in the meantime.
2: He starts putting, like, even more food on your plate. Their eyes go wide <laughs> as it's happening, but then when Mr. Walenick looks back at them, their expression goes placid again, <laughs> and they start to, like, pick the food they want from between what Mr. Walenick is piling on. <laughs> he tops off your wine, too. Even though you've barely drank any of it.
4: <laughs> Quinn takes another drink of wine. I'm sure this is a quite overwhelming mix, mixanya, Anya, but, uh... I think you'll find it quite a refreshing change, and, you know, once once it's all over, which I, I should hope it, it won't be too much uh, too much out of your way, uh, you can start with a clean slate. Uh, my seeds go all over the world. Perhaps we can get you anywhere you want to go. You can start over and build a new career for yourself.
2: Quinn gives uh, Mr. Bolinick a very quizzical look that says more than they would be willing to say out loud. Well, I had best complete the job first. Excellent. He pours even more wine.
4: I will arrange for travel forthwith then. Um, I can probably, oof, we we should probably get you a veil or head covering of some sort. You're recognizable now.
1: (laughs) He kind of like chucks you in the shoulder a little bit.
2: (laughs) Quinn is very awkward about it and then, like, half a beat later, elbow back, but it's way too late. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just kind of lands in the air.
4: <laughs> There's some life in there yet. Excellent. <laughs> well, I'll provide you with, with travel, certainly. Uh, I have an inn there that in Port Nara, is where you'll be leaving from, where you can stay. Uh, in, I think about two weeks' time, I'll be able to assemble the team and uh, have you all meet me at 8 o'clock sharp at my offices, if that's all right.
2: That can be done. Excellent.
4: He kind of gives you another
1: one of those pearly grins and then holds out his glass to you. and clinks the glass. All right, Hargrave. You are in a small and kind of ranky dink upstairs office in the uh, difficult part of town. The windows are shuttered, and the sign on the outside of the triple-bolted door reads, Hargrave Wren, Private Detective. It is currently two in the morning. What are you doing in your office?
5: Well, it's two in the morning because Hargrave knows that it is about time for him to leave. Actually, it was probably about time for him to leave a couple days ago. But, you know, there were some loose ends to deal with. So he's grabbing the last few things that haven't already been emptied out of the office and, and getting ready to lock up, probably for good.
1: What does Hargrave look like?
5: He's a bit too tall to be inconspicuous. and But at the same time, if you took your eyes off of him, you're sure that he'd just disappear into a crowd or around a corner before you got the chance to look back. He has the fine features and slender build common amongst high elves, the almost ageless look of youth that comes standard with being extraordinarily long lived He has short blonde hair and slate blue eyes that somehow look both alert and coldly cynical at the same time. He's plainly dressed most of the time, even normal looking at first glance, but His clothes fit just a bit too well to be secondhand or maybe even bought from a common tailor. They wouldn't look out of place on the streets, but at the same time, they probably wouldn't look out of place in a high-class tavern either.
1: All right, so as he is getting his shit sorted, Hargrave hears a knock at the door.
5: Oh, bloody hell. Hargrave gets up and goes to look out the door inconspicuously to see who's there.
1: Um, like through a glass door or like a peephole or do you open the door?
5: No, I I look through a peephole or something similar.
1: You do not see anything at your head height. But there's another knock.
5: Goddamn halflings and gnomes. Hargrave opens the door looks down
1: The first thing you see is a broad-brimmed hat, but then it tips up and you see Wally Wolanik, the seventh.
5: (laughs) Would I know who this is?
1: Yes, you absolutely recognize this man. He is beaming up at you with his bright blue eyes and little pearl teeth, and he is holding a bottle of scotch almost as big as he is in one hand. Detective Hargrave.
5: Well, not who I was expecting to see. Come on in before you get kidnapped and held for ransom.
1: Oh, I'm not too worried about that, detective, but thank you very much. I appreciate your hospitality. And he heads on in and shuts the door behind him. He kind of looks around at all your scattered stuff. Bit of a
4: hurry, are we?
5: Uh, Yes, I am in a bit of a hurry. I'm afraid I will be closing up and leaving town here very soon, so I'm not sure if I can help you at all.
4: Oh, I I think you're in actually quite a good position, Detective, to to help me. And I might be in a position to uh, help you a bit, too.
1: Uh, He goes ahead and sits himself down at the chair in front of your desk. (laughs) Like, after moving a box off of it. And uh, starts trying to open the
4: bottle of scotch. I understand that you are probably in a a bit of a time uh, bind. Here you uh, stepped a bit on the toes of the black diamonds, or... Maybe stabbed the toes of the black diamonds a little bit, and I can see why you might be in a bit of a rush to get out of town.
5: Oh, they say stab I think stepped on is more like what it is, but yes, they don't much care, do they?
4: A little offense goes a far way. Please have a seat.
5: Uh Hargrave goes back around his desk and sits down and So uh y- yes. Um Mr Wallinick, what can I help you with, actually? since you're here now at this odd time in the morning.
4: Well, if you've got a pair of glasses off off the one hand, uh, first of all, he's kind of looking around a little chagrined, like
1: realizing he hasn't brought glasses to serve the scotch with.
5: Oh, sure, they're packed up here somewhere, but Hargrave gets up and unpacks a couple of glasses, which he most certainly has.
1: He goes ahead and pours a couple fingers of scotch for you guys and gives you a quick little
4: toast. Well, you may call yourself a small-timer, but um, I've heard quite interesting things about you and your skill set, Detective Wren, and I understand that you're uh, looking to get out of town, and so I've come with an offer to uh, get quite a ways out of town. You'll be quite well compensated for the job. In the meantime, well, things with the Black Diamonds don't blow over on their own, If the job is well done, I could always arrange for a little extra breeze to clear the air, so to speak.
5: Well, you certainly don't need to be big time to be good at your job, and I am good at what I do. And how did you hear that I needed to get out of town? I can't imagine you're working with the Black Diamonds.
1: He kind of like taps one finger to the side of his nose.
4: <laughs> Says, Ah, oh, now, detective, you should know better than anyone that that sort of information is much more valuable.
5: Well, that's fine, I suppose. Um, Hargrave drinks down the glass. I- yes, I do need to get out of town, but my legs will get me out of town. So, uh, cut to the chase. You obviously want to hire me, right?
4: Oh, yeah.
2: Indeed.
5: So other than getting out of town, what's your offer? I mean, even if I am small-time, I can't exactly work for free.
2: He
1: names a price that is, in the, in the private detective business, what you would make maybe in five years' time, all put together.
5: That's very... that's good. That's That's very good
4: bit of a touchy job, I'm afraid. I'm quite interested in discretion on this one, but it's also quite a delicate thing. uh, A delicate situation, uh, people's lives may be in danger, we're very uncertain of what's happening on the ground, and eager to get people out.
5: So a touchy job that you don't even know the specifics of?
4: I'm afraid not.
5: Well, you know, Rather than hanging around here and waiting for somebody who doesn't want to hire me to bust in, why don't we go somewhere more suitable to talking about touchy jobs, and we can go over what specifics you do know once we get there.
4: Good job, old sport. That sounds like an excellent proposal. He,
1: uh, starts corking back up the scotch.
5: Oh, might as well take the glasses with us.
1: Oh man, we're just like strolling around at 2am in the street with glasses of scotch in me.
5: Hey, open container laws are super new.
1: So you work things out with Mr. Wallanic as you kind of make the, the necessary arrangements for your trip. And on the last night you're in town, right before you leave, you're kind of going through your stuff and you find a notebook in your stuff. It's dark gray with a plain wax-treated cloth cover. And at the top of the first page... In small, neat writing written thieves can Cant, you see the note.
0: Birdman, there are two copies of this
6: book. Writing in one appears in the other. Looking forward to our correspondence. I'll be nearby if things get hairy.
5: Jackal. Hargrave nods to himself, picks up the book, stows it carefully beneath his fitted jacket, and smooths it over. In a pocket where somebody would need to be roughing him up pretty handily to notice that there was anything there at all.
1: Is it your prison pocket?
5: No, it's not my prison pocket. I think that would be a bit extreme. (laughs) Nikki just loves butts.
0: She's (laughs) gonna show her in prison pocket like every every time we stash something.
6: What have I (laughs) (laughs) joined?
5: You've joined the sexiest podcast ever. Haven't
1: you been listening? Yeah. I apologize again.
0: In order to beat these dinosaurs, we have to shake our butt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thea Crane, you are at work. It is a busy day on the Anaconda Standards newsroom floor. It's loud and chaotic. Everything just reeks of ink. People are chattering, papers rattling. It's just people are running here and there, writing like crazy, trying to get the paper ready to go out.
3: Johnson, where's my story?
1: It's chaos. Oh
3: jeez, I'm almost finished.
1: What is Thea up to?
3: Okay,
6: um, <laughs> so Thea is a slender human female that stands about five five. Uh, She has fair, heavily freckled skin, thoughtful blue-green eyes, and chin-length, feathery, black... It's a pixie cut. It's black hair um, that's tousled slightly as if she's perhaps been, like, running her fingers through it. Uh, She's wearing a business casual outfit, black slacks, a purple blouse with tiny white polka dots, and a black stooped jacket that's slightly rumpled on the left side as if she missed a spot during ironing. (laughs) 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 And I would imagine that she's just trying to, you know, do whatever Thea does during the day, whatever her holy overlords want her to do to get coffee, to like,
1: shuffling papers around. And you've also got a manuscript on your desk. Yes. What are you writing, Thea? Ah, uh, <laughs> secrets. <laughs> all, all right, keep, keep your secrets. In kind of the midst of all the chaos, you see your boss, Mr. Shortwick, kind of charging through the room. It's the first time you've seen him today. I mean, he's kind of charging through towards his office. He's a halfling with a very, very red face and a gray mustache that's like bigger than his head. And he looks to be in a bit of a mood, but he's also seems a little more available than you've seen him all day. Mr. Shortwig, Not now, Crane. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. What the project you had me doing, I haven't got time for right now! <laughs> Can't you see I'm busy? And he, you see that there's like someone following along right on his heels. It's kind of a tallish, human, androgynous sort of person with short black finger curls and the most violently magenta frock coat you've ever seen. It kind of hurts huh? to look at.
6: I squint at them. Have I ever seen them before? Go ahead
1: and roll history. First roll of the game! <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a 13. They look vaguely familiar. You can't quite put a pin in it, but you think they have something to do with Epic, the company. Oh, okay.
6: So Thea is going to stand rather quickly and look at her boss and then look at the new figure and say, <laughs> uh, Good day, can I help you? You can help me by getting out of the way, Crane. I'm out of your way. She just like puts her hands up and walks to the side while keeping an eye on the magenta figure. Although she's still squinting because it's hard to look at, but she is watching them very closely because she's
1: curious. It's really no problem, Mr. Shortwick. I'm sure that she didn't mean any harm. No, you just haven't known her yet. Crane, go get some coffee
4: or something. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> she just looks between them, like eyes flipping back and forth, and then she's going to slowly back away, like, you know, like the Simpsons, like, <laughs> slowly back away to go get coffee.
1: Mm-hmm. As you're walking away, you hear the exchange. Crane, any relation to Miss Abigail Crane just gotten engaged to Lord Pennyfeather? Sister. No, she had a sister.
6: They might hear a sigh. <laughs> <laughs> Exasperated. Do you go get coffee, or do you just kind of go
1: kick that the alley, or what?
6: I'm going to go make coffee. I don't know where the coffee station is in regards to them, though, because she is going to be keeping her eyes like on the magenta
1: figure while getting coffee. Sure, we'll say that there's maybe a counter kind of thing. They're not in earshot. Uh, You kind of have a line of sight on them for a little while. And you see them kind of standing by the desk, talking back and forth for a minute. But then you look down to pour the coffee, and when you look back up again, they're both gone. Presumably gone off to Mr. Shortwick's office.
6: Okay. She is going to return to her desk with her coffee, black coffee, and just sort of sip at it while looking around... She's trying not to look overly interested, but she
1: definitely is
6: (laughs) about where they're at currently.
1: Do you look at your desk at all? Yeah. Your manuscript is gone.
6: So Thea is going to freeze and then put her coffee down and then start rummaging around her papers and looking in her wastebasket and kind of frantically looking around for her manuscript.
1: Yep, it is gonzo. You have no idea where it is. You can't find it anywhere. Is anybody nearby? I mean, there's kind of people rushing around, yeah, just sort of in general. Uh, has anyone seen my manuscript? Your what? The papers! The guy in the desk, like, waves his hands around to, like, his desk, which is covered in papers. Never mind! <laughs> what you talking about, Crane? He sounds like Mr. Shortwick, <laughs> like, He's Mr. Yeah. Shortwick Jr. <laughs> You're all the same person. <laughs> this is his son, Faco Shortwick.
6: <laughs> I love it! <laughs> She's just gonna shake her head and continue looking for her manuscript. So she's gonna get up and go back to the coffee station just to make sure that she didn't leave it there, you know, absent-mindedly while she was staring at the magenta person, which is what I'm going to call them. And then she's going to turn and try and find where they went or where her manuscript went. So she's kind of like wandering around the office.
1: You would know that if Shortwick had someone visiting for a private conversation, he would take them to his office, which is a closed area upstairs. Is there, like, a window in the door? No.
6: Okay, I'm still going to go up there.
1: Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay. His secretary looks up quizzically as you walk up into the area outside of the office.
4: Uh, Ms. Crane, can I help you? I'm the Ukraine, I... I... I know you're the Ukraine, I'm... Right! Helga, we work uh, together. Can I help you? Um, are they in a meeting? Yes. I need to ask the, the boss a question. I'm missing something from my desk and it's important. Um, I'm sorry, Ms. Crane, um, that sounds like a pickle, but... um. Mr. Shortwick is very busy with a very important person, and I'm afraid that your things going missing is really not his problem. Oh, well, why don't you get back to work, dear? All right.
6: <laughs> She's going to dejectively return to her task I can't feel bad now <laughs> your problems are not <laughs> concerned <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs>
1: okay
2: Okay, so you get
1: through the rest of the workday, you don't see Shortwick for a while and uh, after maybe an hour or two you do see him kind of come back through the office with the magenta person, but by that time someone is like, you know, yelling at you like, I need this right here, I need that over there, so you can kind of just drop what you're doing if you want to, but you are very busy.
6: So, I am going to say that in between whatever she was doing for other people, she is going to try and like restart her research note very sadly. Aww. <laughs> Poor girl. So, but when he shows up, she is going to rush
1: over to him. <laughs> As you're rushing off, he's kind of waving off the magenta person and saying, Thank you, Patsworth. Apologies again. We'll get it all sorted out. No problem, Mr. Shortwick. I'm sure it'll be fine. It was just a misunderstanding. Beth? What is it, Crane? Where were you with the coffee? You never showed up. I thought you meant I was supposed to get coffee. She looks at you like you're crazy.
4: What? What, what do I care if you've got coffee, girl? I'm sorry. Get, get back to work. She turns to go backwards. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Nikki. <laughs> it's
5: okay.
6: <laughs> I was just gonna say she's going to be ignoring as much actual work as she possibly can, <laughs> and she's trying to like remember how she started her research notes because she is filled with sadness.
1: So you get through the end of the day. It, it probably drags quite a lot. But even at the anaconda standard you do get to go home and sleep at night really yes (laughs) close the business the bell rings and some people are staying late to work but you're kind of dejectedly wandering out what what does thea do in her off time do you have a favorite cafe or something that you go to do you just like go home to your flat what what's kind of her post-work modus operandi um I think especially
6: because she thinks that someone unintentionally or intentionally destroyed her manuscript and she's trying to restart it. She's kind of reading through her first notes that she's made and is walking to her favorite coffee shop just so she can have some alone time and clear her head and drink some caffeine and pretend she doesn't work at the Anaconda Standard.
1: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) <laughs> it's a bunch of snakes and vipers in there. It's a good name for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're sitting here at this little kind of cafe IRA kind of deal. Um, What? Panda's the cat. He just walked in. Sorry, I'm very easily distracted. What's the name of your
0: waiter? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, your waiter, Panda. <laughs> I don't know why his name is Panda, but it is. <laughs> That's awesome. Panda, your favorite waiter has brought you a coffee and a biscuit or something maybe a chocolate biscuit he notices you're looking a little down and as you're kind of looking at your stuff a pile of papers smacks onto the table right in front of you
6: does it spill the coffee
4: no it doesn't spill the coffee um and he hears someone going, uh yes uh two coffees one for one for me and my friend and uh some of those biscuits please oh oh and a tart and maybe some pie too just bring me the whole car. I'd like to take a gander at what you've got. A little wiry old gnome is clambering up into the
1: seat across from you, and you also recognize him instantly as Wally Volanic Seventh, head of Epic Enterprises. <laughs> so
6: fia number one is going to jolt slightly when the paper hits the table <laughs> and then she's going to stare up like a little bit annoyed because she hasn't seen who it is and then her eyes are slowly going to turn to confusion to shock and then she's just going to stare at him
4: <laughs> good evening miss crane sorry to interrupt your whatever you're doing there i'm sure it's quite important but uh it's Pop by and have a
1: word. If you take a look at the papers, you realize it's your manuscript.
4: Why do you have my... Oh, well, my PA grabbed it for me. He thought it might be of interest. And they were right. She just took it? Well, perhaps it was a bit... a bit abrupt of them. They can be that way sometimes, but... Usually it turns out for the best, and I think you'll agree that their judgment was on the money in this instance as well. She's just
6: nodding, and her cheeks are starting to turn red. And her hands slowly go to the manuscript to, like, pat it. What is she trying to check? Well,
1: it's more in relief. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> oh. Yeah, it
1: looks the same as when you last saw it. That seems to all be there. It's not noticeably smaller or folded or torn or anything like that.
4: Oh, uh, what can I do for you? I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. I'm in a bit of a pickle, my dear. I've got a problem that I really need uh, some keen minds to solve. And uh, I've detailed someone who can tease pot trends, figure out non-obvious things, and with the guts to to look into things that other people might be afraid of. Someone who trusts her instincts and not just what she's told. And um, I can see that you're clearly... uh, Forgive me for saying so, Miss Crane, but... Clearly very underutilized uh, in your current position, and so you'd be interested in a promotion of sorts.
6: So as he's talking, she's slowly dragging the manuscript towards herself, (laughs) so that it's sitting in front of her. And then she's nodding and slowly sips her coffee and
4: blinks at him. What exactly do you mean? Well, you see, I've, uh, had a bit of an incident, uh, at one of my research facilities, and, uh, we have reason to believe it's been compromised, and we fear that our people there and the facility itself may be in a bit of a poorly state. And I think, in my perusal of your, of your work here, I, I think it, uh, might be a topic of interest to you. I assume that you're familiar with Epic and, uh, the things that we do. Is this a power? Pa- it
6: lowers her voice
4: magic yes where do I sign up
1: he grins at you big pearly teeth <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> just at that moment your copies show up now I do want you to understand like, I do require a bit of discretion in this matter but uh, in the future perhaps as uh exclusivity is less of a concern and uh you know we're not so concerned about corporate espionage or copycats the so- maybe other possibilities of doing more with any information that you happen to learn.
6: So, she is nodding, just continuously nodding and still has her old coffee in her left hand and grabs the new coffee in the right, and so she's just holding two coffees and nodding? (laughs) Yep, (laughs) excellent.
1: (laughs) Yes, I... Well, I he, he almost seems, like, taken it back at, like, how easily you've agreed.
4: <laughs> like, he thought he would need to sell you a little more on it. And then he says, well, I think this will be quite the lucrative partnership. Bit of an expert at finding diamonds in the rough, my dear, and I think your skill set will take you a long way in this. I'm getting paid? Oh, yes, indeed, of course. I wouldn't send you on a job without paying you. And
1: he names to you the same figure that he gave Hargrave. I'm
6: guessing it's quite a bit larger than what she makes now. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, she's just still pink-faced, nodding, just in shock about this whole thing. <laughs> and trying to take it in <laughs> and agreeing to it very readily.
4: <laughs> oh, excellent. If you can meet me in Port Nara, that's where you'll be heading out from, 8 a.m. sharp next Tuesday. I can put you up in the meantime. Range for travel expenses. No worries about any of that. All right. Have some coffee, dear. You, you seem a little, a little dumbstruck. I have two. Well, cheers
1: then. <laughs> and he like <laughs> reaches out his little espresso and like tinks it against yours and takes a sip.
4: She like
6: <laughs> holds both her coffee cups out to do them. <laughs> he
1: obligingly tinks both your cups. <laughs> Lindsay Starling,
4: yes. you are at work.
1: It is past business hours, but you are still at work. You are alone in the office, and your desk lamp's just like a sad little island of light in the dark, quiet rows and rows of desks. Everyone else left a few hours ago. What's Lindsay look like? Punched at his little desk here.
0: Lindsay Starling looks like... Uh, (laughs) Rather than describe everything, I think the quickest way is to say Milton from Office Space. The stapler guy. The stapler guy. Oh. That's uh, Lindsay Starling. Oh my god. I am a very paunchy forest gnome. I have been confused as a stout halfling many times. (laughs) (laughs) But I am in fact a forest gnome. I'm only 40 years old, so I'm just coming of age, but I'm already kind of balding.
6: I'm <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> I, I,
0: I wear suspenders because he's got a little bit of a belly and bellies don't like belts, so he wears suspenders. Got these vintage Buster Browns. Because we're in a fantasy world, instead of a plastic pocket protector, it's a leather pocket protector. Oh my gosh. Perfect. <laughs> and that's uh, Lindsey Starling.
1: Has he got like the big glasses that kind
0: of blow up his eyes? Oh, he has... Bad cataracts, so it's like those huge, like, soda pop, soda pop, word bubble. Coke Coke bottle glasses. Coke bottle glasses, there we go. Thank you for the save. Perfect.
1: Yeah, so poor Lindsay is still at work. You've had a lot of work to do lately. A couple weeks ago, you had noticed some sort of hinky stuff going on in the ledgers, like numbers that didn't really add up, things that didn't really make a lot of sense, and you brought it up to your boss, who didn't do anything about it, you... Followed up with her several times, and she just kind of blew you off. So you went around her to her boss Mm -hmm. a few days ago, and ever since then, your boss has been like cracking down on you. You are pretty sure she knew you had somewhere else that you wanted to be tonight, but then five minutes before end of day, she came by and said that the reports that you turned in this morning never made it to her desk, and she made you start over from the beginning.
3: So here you are. How's it going? <laughs> just muttering to myself, this is nonsense.
0: I should be at pub quiz. <laughs> my team name is Let's Get Quizzical. <laughs> oh my god! I knew you were right, Chris. Step on your little note cards. So I'm really Lindsay Starling is just really pissed off because Let's Get Quizzical is just like the number one pub quiz team in town. So the fact that I had to miss out when I'm kind of the ringer of the team. Ooh, that that. Chaps my hide, but I am a buy the book person. I would never ever duck out of work early. So Lindsay is typing away as fast as they can, hoping they can finish their work and still make the last part of Pup Quiz. Go, Lindsay,
3: go. Come on, come on. <laughs> My fantasy computer is lagging. <laughs> you gotta write everything by hand. Ah, sorry
1: shit!
0: <laughs> I have.
3: Uh, you do have an abacus.
0: I have an abacus, and I also have one of those little, uh, those little wrist. Wrist uh oh, for people who have carpal tunnel, those wrist oh things? Like a little wrist brace. I have a wrist brace on both of my wrists.
3: <laughs> <laughs> ah, my carpal tunnel! See, I felt I did all this office
1: torture on Thea. I feel like you're doing it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to do anything. <laughs> Alright, so you are just like cranking away trying to get all this shit done so you can get to pub quiz. And you hear the door behind you creak open and footsteps coming down the aisle
0: you, kind of tapping tapping along. I quickly move my screensaver on my abacus so the, <laughs> <laughs> the
1: screensaver on your abacus <laughs> you just got like a colorful piece of cloth draped over it or
4: something
0: <laughs> gotta hide it from that's a very sexy screensaver and I have to make sure no one sees it. I'm
4: dying. Oh god. Okay. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, Do you turn around, or are you just, like, fussing around with shit at your desk?
3: Uh, Who's
4: there? No need to worry, Mr. Starling.
0: We all know this person, because this person's famous, correct?
4: He's your boss.
0: Oh, I thought you...
1: Your boss's 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 boss.
0: Sorry, I thought you were doing Wally.
1: Oh, it is Wally.
3: Oh! Your boss's
1: boss's boss's boss. Shit, okay. You have seen him from a distance at, like... You know, you know how businesses will have the stupid, like, pep rally thing where, like, the boss comes out and, like, you're doing such a great job, everybody. We yeah. appreciate you, your service, blah, blah, blah. You've seen him at a distance at those kinds of things. Okay. And maybe, like, in passing, a long ways away, you're at kind of the capital installation for Epic, and you know they have offices sort of all over the Heptate. so he's not here all the time. But you have seen him before. He, You are just, like... So far below his
4: level that you've definitely never talked to him.
3: Mr. <laughs> M- M- w I I
0: um please, please have a seat, Mr. Stark. I
4: didn't mean to disturb you.
0: I clear up the mountain brew cans from my neighbor's seat and uh, here have a seat. <laughs> and I try to tidy up my desk too, which is just covered in mountain brew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm dying, okay brew, which is of course the the bottled and extremely caffeinated, maybe with a little cocaine coffee that you can get from the kiosk down the street. I
0: mean, I, my <laughs> eyes are completely dilated. So you decide.
1: <laughs> it's that time of the century, right? I'm pretty sure everyone was doing like cocaine and opium back then.
4: Anyway. So, oh please, please, so, oh, do calm down, Mr. Starling, you're not in trouble at all, I should come by to thank you saved us quite a pretty penny You've done quite some heroic work with your recent catching of those those errors you know he's talking about this
1: thing that kind of got you in trouble with your boss
3: sir I w- i i wasn't aware that it it made word to you i i, I certainly hoped there's so many irregularities with the accounting just tons and tons of money being divested and I was worried they were going to cover it up yes indeed it would have been a, a terrible terrible crisis if, if something
4: like that had happened but Luckily we had you manning manning the guard and keeping us protected from such terrible cock-ups. Um oh, excuse my language. Uh but
3: Sir, there's no swearing here. <laughs>
4: <laughs> my apologies,
0: Mr. Starling, I didn't mean to disturb you.
4: <laughs> Did you. Just
6: call out your boss for swearing. I
0: follow the book, okay? <laughs> This is character is not Cyrus Asuras. This character follows the. Plug. I know. I just think it's funny.
1: <laughs> he he takes a seat in, in your pal's chair and kind of pats you on the arm. Yes, I'm
4: very proud of the work that you've done. And um, he kind of.
1: He starts to comment and then kind of glances over and sees the the one decoration you have at your desk, other than
3: your smutty abacus cover. <laughs> um. I, I approved it with HR. I promise you.
1: He's not looking at that. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank God. I think he like flung it under the desk in a panic as he was walking up.
0: So he's um. looking at a poster that you want me to describe. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I
3: see. You've got an eye for great tits too. <laughs> These are birds, by the way. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bird called Great Tits.
0: <laughs> uh, <but laughs> Lindsay Starlight is a huge bird fanatic. There, With the exception of that one saucy Abacus screensaver, everything else is just bird paraphernalia everywhere. I have got posters of birds. I have little uh, Funko plushies of birds. And I've got just <laughs> birds everywhere.
4: It's quite a remarkable piece. The uh, elder Miss Crane is quite a talented artist. Do you you go out on uh, birding trips often, Mr.
3: Starling? As much as I can, but, sir, I promise you, I'm doing 12 hours uh, a day, 60 hours a week. I'm going put my nose to the grindstone. I'm a company man. Oh, no, no, no. Uh,
4: d- don't, don't you worry, Mr. Mister Starling. I, I He kind of laughs. I'm like, I, I can see that you're, you're here quite late, actually. You don't want to burn down the candle too quickly, young man.
3: I burned that candle at both ends, sir.
4: <laughs> well, that's the spirit. Actually, I made it prevaricated just a little. I didn't just come to thank you, Mr. Starling. You see... Epic is in a little bit of a pickle. Uh, I find myself in, in need of, of some skilled help in a very delicate matter. I really need someone like you. Uh, someone with sharp eyes, um, who notices small details, and do the right thing even when it's hard, and you might come up with resistance. You see, we were having some trouble at one of our sourcing sites in the Magic Division. A very important research and development facility, and I'm afraid that There's some suspicion that there may be sabotage involved.
3: Mr. Walnut, the only magic I believe in is the magic of compound interest. What what could I possibly do with a magic division?
1: He kind of stares at you for a long minute. (laughs) Like, (laughs)
4: sort of fixedly. He's like, dear boy. (laughs) Yes, of course. Well, in any case, (laughs) what I'm trying to say is this little mission is of great importance to me and to the company and... Uh, We're sending in some external consultants to deal with the situation, to, you know, sort of handle things and help out the people who are there, but um, give me peace of mind to know someone was going along who really understood our company's values, you know. I think there's a lot of temptation for potential corporate spies. Uh, It's, you know, quite a sensitive matter, so I really need eyes and ears on the ground that I can trust to stay focused on the important tasks not get sidetracked or tempted by other things going on. Someone who can, you know, really represent the values of our company in this matter. And I think you have really demonstrated, Mr. Starling, how well you have an eye for these things and really exemplify the values of Epic. (laughs)
0: Lindsay Starling is just beaming, like their legs pounding. It's like they just won the lottery. Like they are a company man through and through and their boss just singled them out.
3: Mr. Wolinick, I, I mean, I've, I've memorized a handbook my first week here. I am a company man. I, I'm the guy. <laughs> magic, I mean, it, it, I don't know anything about magic, but uh, I, I promise you, if you need someone to make sure people are playing by the rules and following the guidelines, I mean, they, they call me Old Eagle, I hear. <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs>
4: I do believe you are indeed my guy for this mission, mister Starling. I Quite thrilled that you are amenable. Um, I will arrange for travel if, if you think you could be ready next week. um the a ship will be leaving from Port Nara, which don't know if you've had occasion to to travel there, but they have quite a few nice birds too. you know he kind of elbows you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I laugh way too hard.
1: <laughs>
0: I have not. <laughs> I have no idea why I'm laughing this hard.
1: This is like nervous laughter.
0: super nervous.
3: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: Excellent, Mr. Starling. Thank you ever so much.
3: No, no, thank thank you. Sir, I won't let you down. I don't know what my mission is yet, but <laughs>
4: <laughs> Well you see, it's a rescue mission, Mr. Starling.
3: At that, Lindsay
0: Starling kind of deflates a bit. <laughs> I thought this was some accounting mission. <laughs> <laughs> Shit.
3: Um
4: Although there's also he's kind of like eyeing you a little bit. Although there's also been uh quite a bit of uh it's not really clear what's happened you know Um, seems like some things have perhaps gone missing um a little bit unclear what may have happened at the facility but as I said we do expect that it may have been some inside problems and we're really looking to find out what happened and how we can fix the situation
0: huh (laughs) this is so out of my element Um...
4: but I know you have it in you you really have the stuff it takes
3: I, I'm, I, I'm.
4: Just don't worry about it, Mr. Starling. Like, go ahead. You'll go to the facility, find out what happened, retrieve your your colleagues, and keep an eye on these external folks. I think they'll be good at their jobs, but we want to make sure they you know walk the straight and narrow while they're uh...
3: there.
4: Respect our
0: property. Lindsay slaps his his thigh, finally getting a grasp of what's going
3: on here. (laughs) I got you. We want someone in the company to keep an eye on these uh, contractors. Is that what's going on here?
1: Kind of, like, exaggeratedly, like, winks at you and, like, taps the side of his nose, like... Aha! Uh-huh.
0: Lindsay doesn't understand what you're doing, so Lindsay starts wiping his nose, thinking there's a booger on it. Oh, like,
4: oh uh, no, you, uh, you apprehend the situation accurately, Mr. Star. Did I get you, it? You've got it, except. <laughs> you, 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 yes, you, you've got it. You're just fine. Do you need a tissue? He, he hands you a handkerchief from his pocket.
0: I blow a not all over his handkerchief.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I need someone who will represent our interests to make sure that this little mission stays on task doesn't go in any unauthorized directions.
3: I will follow company procedure. Excellent. And, um... Am I getting paid overtime
4: for this? Like, yes, absolutely, okay. Mr. Starling. This is something of a promotion.
0: At that I get up bowing to this <laughs> man. Thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you.
4: <laughs> no, thank you, Mr. Starling. I will get you the appropriate documents right away.
3: And... Mr. Wally, Wally World, Wally Neck. <laughs> Walanick. Mr. Starling. About that uh, financial uh, discrepancy. All I being handled. All being
1: handled. You really but, saved
3: our tushes. Well, my boss seemed, she was angry at me for reporting this. I.
4: Wally kind of looks at you for a second and he says, Yes, we think she may have been in on it. We are <gasps> handling that as well.
3: <gasps> Very well, sir. I'm your man.
4: Good man. He gives you, like, a brisk clap on the shoulder. I knew
3: I could count on you. Uh, Sir, can I ask one favor, please? (laughs) I know you just promoted me, but... What is it, dear boy? Yeah, since you're my new boss, can I leave work early to go to my pub quiz?
4: (laughs) He kind of (laughs) stares at you for a second, then he says... (laughs) Yes, well, I suppose you are going on a trip soon, and you <laughs> may not have a chance to do that in a while, so yes, I'm sure somebody else can handle this.
3: Thank you, sir! <laughs> Thank you! Oh. He's already
0: out the door running to his pump quiz. <laughs>